I'm Megan Murphy, host of The Same Drugs. I'm here to have conversations, real, honest, authentic conversations, the kind we aren't supposed to have anymore. I interview anyone I find interesting, from left to right to everywhere in between. I work independently in order to have the freedom to say what I believe and speak to whoever I want. But with independence comes a lot of work and some insecurity. I rely on donors and patrons, so individuals, to support my work so I can continue to do what I do. Please consider becoming a subscriber on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Megan Murphy. Thank you so much for supporting Conversations Outside the Algorithm. Today on the show, I am speaking with Jake Shields, a longtime champion MMA fighter who recently spoke out against males competing against females in the sport after Alana McLaughlin beat Celine Provost using a chokehold. Hi, thank you so much for joining me on The Same Drugs. I'm really looking forward to talking with you. Yeah, I mean, we pretty much just met on Instagram. I mean, I, I guess I posted a tweet, not making fun of, but calling out the trans um, man man to woman, I guess, whatever, fighting women. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And then I saw you followed me. I recognize, don't know much about you, but I recognize your name, hearing it getting banned from uh, banned from Twitter for something ridiculous. I don't know all the details. I'm like, oh, I know who that is. So I followed you back and then we started chatting and you invited me on your podcast. So here we are. Here we are. Um, yeah, I was pretty stoked to see like your commentary and some of the other commentary from some other MMA guys, just because you you guys were being so straightforward and it's super refreshing. Like I've been talking about this stuff since, I don't know, 2016, 2017, and obviously been attacked like crazy for it. So I was just so glad. And, you know, even like more people have been sort of speaking out about it, but they still tiptoe around it and like use correct pronouns or pretend like there's something, some kind of major difference between yeah. a person who says they're a trans woman and a male and there really isn't. So I was just so I was I, I was pretty like grateful to see you just call it out and be like, no, fuck this. No, I'm just not OK with, you know, with men beating up women. It's just disgusting and wrong. Being an athlete, I know just. This might be a little sexist, but the difference between men and women is so big, so big. I mean, that's why guys get mad when a guy beats up a girl because everyone knows it. Being an athlete, when I train with girls, it's like, I'd be sexist, but I like kind of like play around, let them do okay. It's just not even anywhere in the same league against, uh, I mean, I'm world class, obviously. So there might be cases of a good girl beating a bum guy. That definitely could happen. But like once you get to high levels, there's just the difference is just so massive. It's, it's so far from fair. The fact that anyone would stand up from this is just disgusting and uh, bizarre to me. I know. I mean, one of the first things I thought was like, what kind of man would want to fight a woman? Clearly, uh, clearly a sociopath. You know, like these people are uh, first off, I don't really know much about trans people. I don't have problems with them. I mean, if they're plight, I'll call them. Uh, if it's a guy and they're plight, I'll call them a girl. But if they're a sociopath fighting women, I'm going to call it a guy. That's that's not that's not a girl. And it's uh I don't know what percentages are weird or not, but I've seen like uh, there's been a bunch of weird ones. Like the one you got banned for. I mean, people with following your podcast probably know the story, but someone's watching it for me. Wasn't the guy like trying to get girls to wax his balls? They didn't want to do it. That's like what kind of creep is in going and make these probably Asian Asian women from other countries. He was trying to go and enforce them to wax his balls. And you called him a guy like clearly you're a guy if you have hairy balls. That's just to me that these people are just disgusting and sick. Yeah, yeah, they were they were immigrant women, and he was he was going to them and asking them to give him a Brazilian bikini wax. And when they would realize that he was male, because he's obviously male, like if you see his face or anything, and yeah. they would say, "No, yeah, sorry, I don't provide the service to you." And then he dragged a bunch of them to the Human Rights Tribunal here uh, in BC in Canada, like accusing them of transphobia because they don't want to touch his balls. Yeah, and you got banned from Twitter for calling this guy a male, correct? Yeah, right, right, yeah, for calling him he, and uh, and he's still on Twitter. <laughs> Didn't he do, I mean, you may follow it close to me. Didn't he do something really weird after that, too? I feel like he did some kind of other, something else super predatorial. Yeah, he was predating on teenage girls. Um, oh, underage, I mean, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, a, he's an all-around creep. 
And um, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as to say like, it's that necessarily all men who want to identify as women are creeps, but there is like a, a thing, like if a man wants to either enter into a woman's space where women are vulnerable, like change rooms, for example, or if it's a man who wants to be able to actually beat women up, it's like, no, there's something wrong with you. Like that is a bit sick. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think it's 100% by any means. I have sympathy for some of them. And if they have respect, I'll show them respect. I'll call them I'll call them a girl. I'll call them a female name. But it doesn't make them an actual girl. And I do, like you said, I think there is a percentage of them that are absolute creeps that are using this as some kind of weird sexual perversion. Uh, recently, you might know the details better since I think you follow this subject. But there was an L.A. There was some kind of something happened at a spa where a man was going in, like showing his, his penis to people, multiple people. And they were trying to get him kicked out, came a big or- ordeal, and Tifa ended up like attacking the people that were protesting it. And then I didn't closely follow the case, but I think the guy ended up getting charged with like five or six cases of exposing his penis to little girls. So he's just going in there being a creep after Antifa was defending this guy. And it's like some of these people aren't good people. They're just using this to be predators. Yeah. And I mean, that's sort of the thing that, you know, like a a lot of like there were women like me who expressed concern about this kind of legislation and these kind of policies that started getting passed kind of around 2017 across Canada and the States and in the UK. And the concern was not like, you know, I'm happy to let people live their lives how they want. Like if you want to get surgery, knock yourself out. If you want to take hormone treatments that are not healthy for you, like go for it. (laughs) That's your choice. Um, wear whatever clothes you want to wear and change your name if you want to. But when it comes to saying like legally you're allowed to identify as a woman and that means that you have access to all these spaces and that, for example, you can compete against women in sport, then that's like that's harmful. Like that's dangerous to women. It takes away opportunities from women specifically in, you know, sports and competition and and obviously things like MMA. I mean, what is like this this guy? So this Alana person, I don't know how much you know about him, but this was his first fight, right? Yeah. He'd only trained like six months. He had no fighting skills, a total bum, but he's an ex-special forces, so he had too much muscle. And he fought a girl. Uh, she wasn't great, but she had like 10 years martial arts experience. And she was clearly a more skilled, better martial arts, better martial artist than him. So the first round was actually close because she was a much superior fighter than him. But he was just so much stronger and ended up overpowering her. Perfect example of why men shouldn't fight women. And he took her down and choked her out. So the guy, he actually is a terrible fighter. And there probably are some girls that can knock him out at this point. But that's six months training. Give him a year training, two years training. He could be a world champion when he's a bum. And he shouldn't be. He shouldn't deserve to come and steal a girl who's worked so hard. You know, being an athlete, I understand how important this is. That's what really bothers me. I have a girl, you know, who played sports, a daughter. So to see someone come and take these girls' dreams, to me, like uh, winning world titles was so important. I dedicated my whole entire life to that. You know, it took so much work to win these world titles. I put everything I possibly had into it. So if someone just came in and stole it, so these girls that are training as seriously I, I am, some guy could come in and steal their dreams. And that's that's just disgusting to me. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. One of, well, That's one of the things that made me mad about this. There are several different things that made me mad. But one of the things was like, I mean, okay, so, I mean, I hadn't known how long specifically Alana had been training for, but I knew that it wasn't a very long period of time. And it's like, what, you know, like, are there women who who are competing in MMA, like, at this kind of level, who've only been training for six months and get to just show up and compete? No, at at the amateur level, maybe, but not the pro level. Uh, The girls' MMA, it's not, um, there's a lot less girls fighting MMA than men. So so a lot of times girls can come in with, like, you know, a couple years' experience. For men, usually aren't growing pro, pro to at least 10 years experience. It's so competitive. So girls can get there a little easier. The top level, though, are still girls that have trained. You know, when you talk, look at the top 10 in the world, there's still girls that have trained 20, 30 years. But there's never, you know, no one's turning pro after six months. That's just uh, unheard of. Yeah. I mean, and it just, like, I, I don't know that much about MMA, to be honest. I only actually started really watching MMA probably this year. So I, I do watch and like from as much as I could tell, he did seem like an awful fighter. You know, he it was oh, just yeah. embarrassing to me. No, he's, he's absolutely terrible. He has no, no fighting skill whatsoever, but he could just win off his, off, you know, being stronger, bigger hands, probably bigger lung capacity. Men have just so many physical advantages. That's why in pretty much every sport, they're going to, I mean, there may be a few exceptions, but overall they're going to win because there's just so many strength, speed, lung capacity. There's too many advantages. It's just a, it's a not fair situation. 
Yeah, I mean, it was so I was watching some of the commentary from um, some other fighters around this specific fight before the actual fight went Mm -hmm. down. And, you know, a lot of them were like, no, this is ridiculous. Obviously, Mm -hmm. men shouldn't be fighting women. But some of them were like, well, you know, actually, it's all about technique. You know, it doesn't matter if she has good technique, then she should be able to beat this guy. Is that ever true? I mean, if she has way, way, way better technique, then yes, a girl, an elite girl could be a bum guy. But when you get, you know, once the guy starts getting better, the guy's just going to win. The big, the difference is it's too big. And it's, uh, the weird part is, like you said, uh, most of the MMA media is either silent on this or have actually taken uh, his side. To me, that's so disturbing. We have the, the worst woke media. MMA is such a sport that's not woke at all. And all the media, they're always, uh, you know, bashing the uh, they're, they're quiet on this or sticking up for it. They were, the UFC was the first pro sport to come back after COVID. They were trying to shut that down, bashing that. They were mad they weren't doing big Black Lives Matters pro, you know, ceremonies because most of the fighters, including the black ones, just don't really care that much about being woke. And it was, uh, you know, it's, least, it's completely the most least, uh, least racist sport in the world because all everyone trains together as brothers. And they're trying to put this weird, uh, weird stuff on us. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, I suppose it's not surprising, but I mean, everybody has gone so woke that I'm I'm glad to hear that the MMA guys are yeah. MMA is I'm still so like holding out. Between New York and San Francisco, the most woke places ever. And I was just so, uh, so fortunate to be surrounded by people that aren't that way. And it's uh, also we have all ethnicities, you know, so it's like, you know, we're training with black, Mexican, Middle Eastern. It's all mixed up and no one, no one ever thinks about race. No one's talking about oh, what race are you? Maybe, maybe teasing each other because that's what guys do. But there's no like, there's never been any weird racial animosity in the last few years watching the media try to push this. Uh, the race baiting was really uh, odd to me. Right, because they want to be able to talk about what the liberal media is talking about or whatever. I shouldn't even say liberal because it's not liberal. I should say like the progressive media or the the woke media. Yeah, they're not liberal at all. They have quite a bit of power, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I guess I wonder, I mean, what's different specifically in in terms of the way that men fight versus the way that women fight? Like, are there specific differences there? Yeah, men have a uh, much more upper upper body strength. So if you actually watch women's MMA, they do different takedowns. They don't shoot near as many uh, doubles and stuff. Not not way less knockouts. They have a. Uh, you see constantly see head and arm throws in women's nonstop. Everyone teases about it. It's like why are girls always doing that? But that's what people don't realize is because they don't have the same explosion and the same upper body strength. Girls actually do have pretty strong legs, not as strong as men, but like close. So they can't match their arm versus leg strength. So it's just. Uh, just upper body strength is the biggest difference. Okay. Um, tell me about the response. So, I mean, just, I guess for those who haven't followed, um, I mean, what was the first, what was the first thing that you said in response to this fight? Like that kind of got you in hot water. I a picture of the transition. The dude completely jacked out special forces and I'm still cut down because he looked like he was clearly on steroids and off the steroids, but he's still obviously a guy and just, Posted something along the lines of, oh, I think I, I think I put some a, a sarcastic thing like, oh, congratulations to this brave woman or something. I think he put something sarcastic. Originally, I was getting tons of positive uh, positive feedback, everyone agreeing, and then somehow the trans community found it. And it's uh, I've never dealt with the trans community. I think uh, I think it was Chris Rock that said, don't don't angry the out the, anger the alphabet people. And I've never seen a seen a hate mob so big and you know i fought for a lot of years i've had hate mobs after me multiple times because sometimes i can talk shit and piss people off but this is uh i mean you've always dealt with that. i couldn't believe how many people were writing me hate mail messages you, you said you looked at the one thing like literally thousands of people call me a bad person transphobe bigot my inboxes had about 50 or 60 threats telling me to die it was just like wow this is a uh, these people are strong the thing is though i don't think there's that many of them i think they're just they're complete losers. It's all they do is spend their time on the internet and they come in these big groups and they can intimidate people that have never dealt with that. So if I've never dealt with that and I'm not a real strong man and I always have, I have 10,000 people yelling at me, I could see someone getting freaked out and watching what they say or changing a policy because it seems like so many people are after you. But really, it's such a small amount of people. Like an Instagram, I posted the same thing and it got like 99% positive, maybe three or four people negative, you know, got like 15,000 likes and like three or four people being like, oh, I don't know. So I think it's the vast majority of people know it's ridiculous. They just have these organized Twitter attack mobs. 
and you know, I mean, some, sometimes when people hate on me, I'll like, uh, I'll message them back like uh, terrible things to instigate it. Other times I'll write back positive messages, you know, something nice, look at Twitter, something nice, the other response. So I tried it on a few of the trans people and I got like, uh, you know, like six of them. I think it was like four of them were kind of fucked up, but I, but luckily I did get two of them to respond back nice and start having conversations with me to really, you know, so that was good to see some of these people can be reached. So one of the guys I talked to for a minute and he's like, Oh, would you come to my podcast? Cause I'm like, we're not transphobes. We have issues. I don't dislike you. We have issues with you doing sports. The, the women's bathroom, I'm, I'm willing to hear your perspective, but I have a daughter. I'm a little concerned with, you know, people with creepy guys going in there and the kids transitioning. So I'm willing to hear your views. I don't dislike you, but it's a complicated issue. And luckily I found one guy at least that would, uh, or I guess I should call him a girl since he was nice, that was willing to have a conversation with me. But the majority of them seem pretty hateful and not uh, trying to have conversations. It's very ironic to me because, I mean, I, like I said, you know, I've been dealing with this for, you know, many years now. Um, and I've gotten like countless death threats and they've said horrible things to me and I've been, you know, censored and banned all over the place. And, you know, these people, I call them trans activists because not all the people who come after you in these situations as necessarily actually identify as trans. There's sort of like people yeah, a lot of them who think they're work. acting on their behalf, right? Mm-hmm. That's what most of them seem like to me. And, but they're super hateful. Like, and, and it's like, I'm not actually being hateful towards you. I don't mm-hmm. even know you. I don't hate you. I don't have an opinion about you. You know, I'm just trying to talk about material reality and what I see as like genuine threats or harms to specifically women and girls but also it's like man i just i'm just telling the truth like it's not an attack on you it's not even opinion you're male or you're female that's it yeah it's it's science yeah no i noticed people are attacking me um probably 80 percent of them had cartoon avatars which was a little strange i once said something kind of negative about pedophilia and i also had also had cartoon avatars after me it wasn't as many but i don't know if it's some kind of weird perversion like these anime avatars i don't know what that is and the rest of them were like these really weak beta looking white men. And then a couple trans. Actually, the one I had a good conversation was, was a trans. That was actually one I had the best conversation with. But it was like these little dorky white guys. Some of them were gay. Some of them weren't. It's like, who are you? Do you think you're going to get girls by like being a trans activist? That's just kind of that's surely going to turn them off. Yeah. Well, it's funny because it's like, uh, yeah, there's a lot of little, I mean, a lot of these Antifa guys are similar and are also will go around attacking people as transphobes and so-called fascists and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, as though like, you know, understanding material reality is fascism. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's the same thing. It's like these like skinny, little, dorky, ugly, white dudes. There are a lot of like women who for some reason feel like they need to stand up on behalf of these men pretending to be women also which i really feel frustrated by because it's like this is not helping you like you're working against your own interests but i guess you think it's being nice but these guys i feel like it's like it's sort of an excuse to i don't know have some kind of power or like have an excuse to be to be violent and to actually you know put their rage somewhere and i don't think it really has anything to do with transgenderism no i think it's the whole like that and they want to belong to something it's probably part of the antifa people which uh i never even heard of antifa maybe four or five years ago i was in berkeley and just uh they just started, they were just beating people up, beating up women, just attacking people with clubs. And I was just like, what the hell? So I came in and started uh, fighting some of them off. I mean, luckily they're weak. I had like girls trying to punch me, <laughs> caught a few of them off. You know, I pulled a couple people in a store. I pulled them in, I pulled people in a store. They were beaten up and they were going, knock off the windows. And then, and then one of the guys goes, oh, it's a Middle Eastern owned store. So, so I'm like, so what, shoot, if it was a white owned store, you would knock it out. It's just like, so weird. I never even heard of these people. I'm like, who are they? So I fought a few of them off and I ran up, got the cops. I'm like, here, come back in. I need help. And the cops were like, they actually knew who I was. Like, oh, and they're like, oh, we actually can't go in there. I'm like, what do you mean? People are getting beat up right now. They're like, we have orders not to go in there. And I'm just like, I would have gone back in because my girlfriend, she went into, I was trying to get her to stay at the car and she went to stay at the car. And I'm like, I, I knew she was like a little naive that they were hit her, but I saw him hitting other girls. I'm like, if she starts mouthing off to him, they're going to hit her too. So I like, I wasn't able to go back in and help people, but it was just, uh, it was so sad seeing that. And that's when I started following. I didn't know what Antifa was. I started following them. Who are these crazy people? Yeah, I mean, most men 
wouldn't hit women. And I think it says a lot about this group, you know, including these, you know, these kinds of men who literally want to beat up women in the ring, but also these yeah. like defenders of the trans, like the Antifa guys that they think it's totally fine to beat women if they have, you know, like incorrect politics. Yeah. No, that's, that's so weird. They act like they're four women anti this and they support the trans men beating them. And I literally saw them attacking girls because they had like, um, it was like some, uh, remember the guy Milo, some gay guy? Do you remember that was Milo? Oh, yeah. My, Milo he Young was doing Yiannopoulos. Some speech at Berkeley. Yeah. And they were, um, I actually even know who it was. Someone hit me up on, I think it was Twitter, Instagram. I think it might be his boyfriend this time. He's like, oh, come by a speech, like a fanny or something. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll stop by. I didn't even know who the guy was. I was like walking there and then just all hell broke loose. I was like, what the hell? They shut the thing down. And that's when I, that's when I learned about Antifa. And then since then, it just spiraled out of control. Yeah. So is this like a big debate in the MMA world? Like, is this an issue that people are really talking about? Well, it hasn't happened too much. It's the second time it happened a few years ago with a fallen Fox, which ironically fallen Fox went and posted a selfie with the other guy, like all smug smiling, like, Oh, we beat up girls together. It's like, why don't they fight each other? Those two creeps. It was like, they both had this dirty, nasty smugs on their faces. It's just like, they're, they're obviously just sociopaths. And again, I don't dislike trans people, but I think trans activists defending these people are going to make people not like trans people. When these are the ones they're putting in the spotlight. It's like they should they should be speaking against this if there's a tr- if they're actually trans activists. I think there's one um, is it Blair White or something? Which I don't know. Her, I don't know her things well. I've only seen a few things, but I think she's kind of basically against against this trans activists. I can respect yeah. that. I'll call I'll call her a girl. I'll, you know, maybe she's not a biological woman, but at least she can understand people's concerns that she's not a real woman. And it's like, and I feel for these people, but to act like they're real women and do this is just not right. So do you think that there should be like a separate category or is it like I've seen people suggest that and my opinion is, I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not an expert, but my opinion sort of is like, if you've chosen, if you're going to take a bunch of hormones that mean that you're going to be a worse fighter, then that's your choice and too bad. But other people are like, well, maybe we make a separate category for trans. I don't know. What do you think? I say you just compete the, uh, to compete where you're born and they can do, you know, if you have two trans people wanting to fight each other, then yeah, that's perfect. But it's going to be so rare. You can't make a trans division. But if you actually have a couple of trans people in the same way, then yeah, I'm all for it. But to, to, to make separate divisions in like colleges and all this, what for you're make a division for two people, you're the world champion out of two of you. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I sometimes say like, I'm like, okay, well then fight for a separate category almost because I know that they won't because what they want is clearly not a separate category. What they want is to be able to fight women or in the case of like things like locker rooms, change rooms, like women's prisons. It's like, no, you actually just want access to women's spaces because otherwise what you would be fighting for would be your own separate safe space. Well, if I ever go to jail, I'm going to, I'm going to identify as a woman. So I I get that one. (laughs) That's an easy decision (laughs) right there. I'm going to switch my opinion real quick. But, yeah, it would yeah, be that, it would be a scary. better situation for any man. So yeah, right. Like my, I can go and fight a bunch of guys, or I can go to a woman's prison and have like six girlfriends. Tough call. Yeah. So how is you mentioned like the the like woke media? What's the the MMA media or whatever MMA journalism? How have they kind of responded to this whole situation and to you? They've either ignored it or they've been supportive of it. MMA journalists is just the it's really bizarre because MMA fighters and the fans are the most anti woke uh, most anti woke crowd you'll see. I mean, it's not all they're not all right wing, but there's just no you don't see no wokeness in MMA maybe because it's the toughness of going out there and having to fight someone, you know, and no one, none of them are scared of the COVID. Cause like, Hey, we're fighting people in a cage. They want us to like worry about COVID. Come on. <laughs> so I've been so for, uh, fortunate to not see that, but yeah, but the, the fans and the fighters are strongly against it. It's just the media is the only uh, people that support it. Yeah. I, I, um, I was looking through some of um, Alana's, tweets today and it really became clear to me like because i i wrote something about the situation like a couple days after it happened and basically was just like this guy's a cheater like and this is gross like you know we've already talked about this but like what kind of man wants to fight a woman this guy's clearly a terrible fighter um this is unfair blah 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 blah. but as i was reading through his tweets i started started to realize i was like 
this isn't even not that I assumed this, but I think some people might assume this isn't, you know, this poor, sad guy just looking for a space and, you know, he has no other choice and just wants to be included. Like he seems it seems very political to him. Like he seems like he really knows what he's doing. Like he knows he's and he's being aggressive too. you know, like there was one tweet that I saw where he was, you know, sort of from my perspective, not so subtly threatening to beat up turfs and transphobes which usually refers to women so he's like oh you know i've been warned not to fight outside the cage and i was like what are you saying are you saying you're going to beat women up in real life if they disagree with you like who Probably. aren't even mma fighters like what is turfs i think i've been called that a few times i have oh, no sorry. idea what that is. <laughs> you're done <laughs> okay so is it's uh it means well it stands for Trans exclusionary radical feminist, and clearly you're a radical feminist. I'm, I'm joking. Yeah, I'm not a trans exclusionary <laughs> radical feminist. Definitely never considered myself a feminist. I mean, I like. I mean, that's it's just what they call it's anybody. Be, so girls supposed to be called that then? Yeah, like it shouldn't be used towards men, but it also it like I don't identify as a radical. I thought they're talking to me because I had so many comments. No, no, no. I think they were calling you. They just use turf to sort of like go after anybody who disagrees with trans ideology. Yeah, like, don't listen to this turf. I'm like, turf? Yeah, it's that? a slur. <laughs> yeah, it's a slur. But I mean, no, technically. For, like, he's white. I'm like, oh, sorry. I was born white. Damn. I'm so <laughs> bad. Tell. I thought you're anti-racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll try. They'll try anything. I mean, they usually they group it. Obviously, they'll call you like a bigot. They usually start calling me like a white supremacist at the same time as they start calling me a turf and like I don't yeah, know just, anything just, else like colonizer. I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. No, no, colonizer. You're colonizing the trans. Yeah, off, yeah. Um, off subject You're- a little bit. Off the um, the women. I don't think someone's quite as bad, but something I've noticed. Uh, I have a daughter and she went to like the most rich snobby, like white area. Um, like Marin It's like above San Francisco. It's like the worst people. Cause her mom lived up there and uh, in her school, something really bizarre is happening. Like a lot of the girls identifying as non-binary and trans, but it's always like, I don't want to say it's a nice way. It's like the unpopular unpretty girls. And I feel like they're doing it. They're not really trans they're doing it because they can get more attention. And again, I don't know if this is as bad as the other way around, but like, if they like, when are they going to snap out of that? Are they going to keep saying they're trans through college? I mean, I feel like maybe it's like a fad, but that was a little bizarre to me. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is a trend and there's like stats around this that are showing. Cause you know, at one point I think it was more common for it to be um, young men or older men who were transitioning. Um, Mm -hmm. So either like gay men who you know, maybe they're in families that are homophobic or they're living in a homophobic culture or they feel uncomfortable just being gay or they think they're feminine. So maybe that makes them women. And then there's like the older men who basically have like a fetish, like it's called autogonophilia, but it's, you know, it's a sexual fetish. And those are usually the older guys who transition. And at a certain point, like pretty recently, you know, like in the past probably few years, it started to be young women um, Mm -hmm. and girls who started to call themselves boys or call themselves non-binary. And I think that you're right in part. Like, I think that a lot of it is just, and this is sort of common to teenagers, I guess. Like, you, I yeah. don't have kids, but, like, you want to be special. You want to, like, have a thing. You want to feel like you're part of the in crowd. And, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. And I know, I know some girls, you know, like friends, kind of yeah. nieces and things like that who were really outcasts. Yeah, like yeah. outcasts and they didn't fit in and they felt ugly or maybe they're a bit chubby and like yeah, they no, weren't fitting in and then they're like, oh, I'm non-binary. Yeah, it's almost always every case I saw was girls who are a bit chubby. You can tell they weren't really pretty. So it's like, I, mean, I feel bad for them, but it just doesn't seem like the right approach. And as us and to us to just go along with it, I don't know if that's the right approach either, just to be like, oh, yeah, you're non-binary. And I don't know what the right approach is because I'm not going to, you know, be rude to them and stuff. But, it, well, you know, it wasn't my daughter's close friends, but I would just see it picking her up from school. It was like a, it was a bizarre number. I'm like, wow, like this is a lot. And I like looked it up and I read it actually was happening, I think, more at predominantly like white, wealthier schools. You know, I don't know why. It's like this is a little bizarre that this is like this happening so i feel like when we were kids the outcasts would come become like the goth kids now they're uh, oh we're trannies <laughs> yeah yeah no i think it's i think it's pretty much the same thing except that in this case it's a lot scarier because a lot of the girls will 
go further and go on like hormone treatments and even get like mastectomies and things like that and essentially destroy their bodies for life. Yeah. So, some of that can be irreversible. If it just go, if it's a two or three year phase, you know, where you snap out of it, that's one thing. But if they actually start taking hormones and doing that, it can come uh, very detrimental. So hopefully the schools don't, I mean, that could be a real issue if they start just giving these kids drugs without parents permission. And I don't know, maybe they already are. I haven't really been following this, but like seeing that and some of it, if a girl starts taking steroids, some of the things aren't reversible. Like steroids, the muscle doesn't necessarily go away. It can do like some, make their voices deeper, clits grow, like things that could be permanent. So giving girls steroids could, uh, could definitely not be good. Yeah. And that is happening. And what's happening actually in schools, I'm told is that, you know, the, the schools are essentially socially transitioning the kids without telling the parents. So they'll start calling the kid, whatever the opposite sex his name is and using the opposite pronouns and you know essentially going along with this idea that this kid is the opposite sex and won't even inform the parents that they're doing this and i think it's super unethical and again like when they when they get on that path again there's like research around this when they get on that path it's very rare that they turn back especially when they get to the point of either taking like puberty blockers or going on testosterone treatments or whatever they usually do end up following through and getting some kind of surgery yeah, no, that's like I said, I haven't really been following this, but that's sad to hear because I feel like it's it's not real and it's a phase. And if they actually are following through, that's uh, you know, you take something what should should be a three year teenage phase and ruin your life over it is terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that it was like a pretty like um, you know, white like privileged like rich school mm-hmm. because I actually do think that this trend is like people pretend like it's this marginalized population. And, you know, they constantly say things to try to manipulate people's perspective to that effect by being like, you know, like, oh, well, black trans people, black trans people, because if they think they put the word black on, then people will be more convinced of this like marginalization narrative. But the actual trend, I feel like is like a pretty like privileged trend. Like, I feel like it's more common for privileged kids in the West. Like, I don't I doubt this is like a big problem in like poorer working class communities. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't, I mean, as far as I know, I think it's going on a lot more in the richer communities where the kids have nothing to actually worry about. They're bored. They're like, Oh, I could be trans. <laughs> they might try that in another community and get slapped in their head. But these parents too, someone like Moran, the parents are also liberal. So they'll probably go along with it. And some cases actually encouraging it, which is that that's when you get the young kids, that's the one that really disturbs me. If you're a teenager, it's maybe coming from the kid, but if you have like a six year old uh, kid and you have a parent pushing it, it's like, you're, you're not a good parent. Your kid at six doesn't know what they are. No, it's not. And it's like, you're the adult. The adult's supposed to be in charge. <laughs> they're just kids. They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Some of these parents, <laughs> they want it for like, uh, for like clout, you know, like, oh, look, look what a great parent I am. My kid's uh, transgender. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I was going to say, I noticed when I, when I started talking about Alana's tweets, I noticed one tweet, 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 tweet that I found pretty funny but also like revealing of something else and it was like lol jake has a crush sorry sweetie you stopped off started off on the wrong foot um <laughs> and i was like okay dream on bud but <laughs> Atlanta but, treated that oh man yeah 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 um but i think like i mean it, it's kind of funny to me because i think that the the trans activists i mean they got a hold of the wokes and they got a hold of a lot of women, especially the kind of like middle upper class white women who I don't know, have like white guilt or whatever and want to prove that they're good progressive people. So they go around saying trans women are women over and over and over again. Um, but I think like the, the hardest sell really is heterosexual dudes because it's like, you can't actually bully a heterosexual man into being attracted to another dude, no matter how many times you tell them, I'm a woman. I'm a woman. I'm a woman. <laughs> yeah, that's another really bizarre one. I have people here saying things like, "Oh, you know, it's not. It's fine to date a trans, which is fine if someone wants to, but I don't want to." They start acting like if you what to say they say if you don't, you're transphobic if you're not willing to date trans. It's like, no, I don't want to date someone with a penis. Maybe you want to have kids. These things go so bizarre when they start saying it's transphobic to not date someone of the same gender. That's there's just so much bizarreness to it. And like I said, yeah. it's unfortunate because I'm sure some of these people are good people, but it's the craziest ones that are the ones that are uh, that are always in the spotlight, making them look bad. They need some more reasonable ones to come out and start being activists and be like, hey, we're not all crazy. Or yeah. maybe they all are crazy. I don't know. 
Well, I mean, I know, I know some people who are, who have transitioned, I guess. But the thing is that usually those people, so the people that I know who are like, this is crazy. This is bullshit. I really was just trying to live my life. I don't know why I feel like this about my body. I was just trying to feel better about who I am or whatever. And, and they don't, they'll often not identify as transgender, but they'll identify as transsexual, which is sort of like the old mm-hmm. term, which is now no longer PC. But I do know, I do know trans people, whatever you want to call them, who will still say, you know, like, I know that I'm not literally the opposite sex, but I also have, I don't know, some kind of body dysmorphia mm-hmm. or gender dysmorphia, whatever you want to call it. So I did this. And that's fine. But, and you're right. Like it's it, these people who are super loud and super hateful, the kinds of people who are like going after you right now, they really are in the majority, but it doesn't seem that way if you look at media and if you look at a lot of social media. Yeah. Cause for whatever reason, they're the ones that control the media. They I mean, even, even MMA media, which I found really bizarre. The only MMA media is criticizing and speaking up for it. That one was, that one I found shocking. And, like I said, to me to have 10,000 people write me hate mail, it's uh, I, I know it's a small group and that most people agree with me, but I could see someone has done it and they put that being like, oh, wow, I messed up. I better not say that again. And that's what they try to do. They try to uh, try to intimidate people. But it's clearly like organized groups. It's all, like I said, the cartoon characters. And they all have their pronouns in their bios. Like and that's, that's a little bizarre to me. Like she, he, they, them. And that's another one. I'm not going to call someone a they or a them. I mean, if they're, I'll call someone a he or she if they're respectful. But if someone asks me to call them a they, it's like, no, I'm not, I'm not playing along with that nonsense. No, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. And it's, I mean, to me, it's all unnecessary. Like, I, I feel sort of similarly to the way that you do. I mean, in, in my public conversations about this, I don't use the preferred pronouns because mm-hmm. I sort of think that it just encourages or perpetuates this kind of ideology that you can just declare yourself the opposite sex and that you should go along with it. And it, or yeah. and that it's an insult to use the, the correct pronoun, you know, like, and it's not an insult again, like, it's not my, it's not my opinion that you're male. You just are. And calling you, he isn't an insult. It's just how you refer to male people. And- yeah, I'll use it if they show me respect, but I'm not going to use it with like Alana and those people. If they're respectful, you know, I'll, I'll call them a she. But but I, I still know they're not. If it comes down to it, are you really a girl? Like, no, of course you're not, but I'll pretend to call you one, but I'm not going to actually. But if they actually ask me, do you think I'm really a girl? I'll obviously tell them no. I'm not going to like lie to someone. Yeah. I mean, I guess I like I was sort of wondering because I have noticed, I mean, you you say that like MMA media has been bad on this, but it is interesting to me that like the the few people who really haven't been engaged in this debate ever before who did start speaking out about this um, are part of are like MMA fighters or guys like Rogan. Right. Mm-hmm. And because within, you know, other sports I think that a lot of people have been really going along. And so I was like, I wonder why. I mean, I assume that part of it was because it's actual combat sport and there's like people like Fallon Fox were like breaking a chick's skull, but also that it's, it's interesting that it's like the MMA just isn't MMA isn't super woke. Yeah. I I don't think we should go along with it in any sports. I've been, I actually have criticized it in other sports as well. It just didn't uh, catch the traction of this. I didn't get attacked by the trans community because it's just not okay in sports. It's like, even though fighting is my sport, women work hard to win these sports. There was um, a track person I saw. I don't follow this that closely, but I think it was like 400th in the, uh, in the country transition to women's. I think this was in college and then went, wins the nationals. It's like, this stuff is just not fair. I know in high school States, they've won it. It's just people, people go, Oh, well then why aren't trans winning everything? It's because there's not that many trans competing at the moment. If more start competing. They will start women's winning it's like they almost want to uh, ruin women's sports and i don't know why 100 percent agree all sports should be speaking up when it comes to their sports people should be like no we're not allowing this like the fact that the olympics allowed that was an absolute embarrassment it was a disgrace to the olympics it completely delegitimized like how did japan allow that how did uh how did the olympic body just sit back i can't imagine people in japan sitting there going like this is okay and people in the middle east and africa and china and in Russia, I guess only the West that could make any sense of this. So I'm so, I'm so surprised that it passed through the Olympics. I know it's crazy, and I mean, and I think that the sports issue is actually one of the areas where 
this this issue and this debate started to get mainstream because I think people can just see that it's obviously unfair. You know, I think in the past they may have been like, oh, live and let live. I mean, maybe these people are confused. Like, who cares? How does this affect your life? But when you actually see somebody who's clearly physically male standing next to like a physically female person who's obviously like a lot smaller and has a totally different body, people are going to be like, wait, no, this this is not fair. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, I don't know why more people haven't spoke up with that with athletics. That's the one I have spoke up because it definitely bothers me. And I think it's wrong, not just fighting. That's my sport. So I'll speak the most when it's in fighting, but it's just, uh, it's clearly not right. And I just, I think more people need to stand up. I think like we say, the hate mobs, I think people are scared of those. They're scared of having 10,000 people, with, with cartoon characters and pronouns are bio write them, but why these aren't, it's not the real world. It's a small, tiny group of people on Twitter that think they can bully you. And it works though, unfortunately, because people are scared, even though they're the vast majority, I would guess 95, 98% of people agree with this, but somehow the like two to 3% of people have managed to get the power. And that's just so weird that such a small percentage is getting their way. It's just because people, I guess are, you know, between Antifa and the hate mobs, they've managed to bully people to stay quiet. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, part of it, I suspect, has to do with, like, your circles and where you live. You know, like, I'm from Vancouver, although mm-hmm. I've left. And, and honestly, part of the reason that I don't ever want to live in Vancouver again is because of this woke bullshit. Like, I just mm-hmm. want to be around normal people and, like, also be free from totalitarianism. But... <laughs> yeah. Um, it's too but, bad because Vancouver is a completely beautiful place, but like I've had to leave San Francisco, also another totally beautiful place. The people just changed so much so quick. And like in five years, they just started getting crazier and crazier. So I was like, couldn't be around them anymore. Yeah. Tell me a bit about that. I've not spent time in San Francisco. What are things like um, there right now? It used to be a beautiful city. It always had some problems, but they weren't too bad. And it just got, um, it'd been getting bad for the last six, seven years, maybe it was slowly, the homeless was getting bad. The crime was going up. It was just, uh, the homeless started getting really bad. And then COVID hit and things just really escalated. They had the strictest lockdowns in the country. Um, most of my friends had businesses there, like lost their businesses because they were shut down for so long. It's still, San Francisco is still dead, but downtown is still completely dead. Most businesses are closed. So many businesses are going under. The town's is still wiped out. Everyone there still walks around with a mask on outside. They're still scared of COVID. They're all vaccinated, but somehow they're terrified of COVID. It's the most bizarre place. And on top of that, um, homelessness is completely taken over. They let the tents, uh, tents can go up wherever. There's tents lining down, down the streets. It used to be, the homeless and crackheads used to be in a small area, so it was contained, but now it's stretched out through like major, not the entire city, but like maybe like half the city all through downtown. So you'll walk by, someone will be shooting heroin, they'll be smoking crack. I know in Vancouver, it's like contained to a small area and that's how it used to be in San Francisco, but now it's just spilled all over the city. And on top of that, we have um, some crazy district attorney came in and he basically ran on letting people out of jail, particularly black people. He said he didn't want them to have the same penalty as other races for some reason. His parents are actually in jail for murdering a cop. or I think they just got out. So his parents were trying to overthrow the government. <laughs> and then, and this is the guy running the DA oppressive charges. He basically just let everyone out of prison and crime is just completely out of control. Burglaries, people getting robbed on the streets. It's just uh, the city is a complete disaster. If you look at San Francisco, that shows you what you don't want to do to run a city. It's like how fast it just fell apart is insane. It's like unreal. Yeah, yeah. I was I was really glad to see that you were like speaking out about the vaccine mandates and the lockdowns um, because I know that things have been really particularly bad in California. Yeah, that's right. There's a mandatory, uh, you can't go anywhere without a vaccine in San Francisco now. So I can't even, can't even visit where I live for 20 years. <laughs> can't go in a restaurant, can't go in a bar, can't go in, can't even get a hotel room there. But yet the homeless people who are unvaccinated get free hotel rooms. So it's like different classes of people. It's like they give you different rules for different people. It's, uh, it's completely just what you don't want to do. So it's weird that the most vaccinated city, they're still just so terrified of COVID. It is weird. And I mean, so what's happening in Vancouver is almost like the exact same thing. It sounds like as what's happened in San Francisco is I went back for a few weeks in June to just deal with some stuff. And I have to go back for a week and a little bit, too. And I'm totally stressed out about it um, because it was really horrible going back. Um, It's the whole city is ruined. And, you know, and I noticed right away. So I hadn't been there since January. I left for Mexico in January. And when I went back, it was June. And the 
like you said, like the sort of um, the the attics were more confined to one area, and it had just blown up and spread all over the city, especially in the downtown area, and kind of just taken over. And I wasn't exactly sure why. I probably I thought it probably had something to do with the fact that I mean, downtown was essentially empty because people aren't going to work, and all these businesses have had to close and whatnot. And and everyone in Vancouver, you know, people are obsessed with wearing their masks around outside. Same thing. They're obsessed with following all the rules. They're all obsessed with the vaccine. Like all anybody could talk about when I went back was like, did you get the vaccine? Did you get the vaccine? Did you get the vaccine? Everyone's, and I was like, can we talk about something else? It's not it. Like, I don't even like, it's like, I don't, you know, like I'm a healthy person. I don't know. And so are all you. These are all people who are my age who are healthy people. And it's like, what do you think this is going to achieve? And lo and behold, everybody's gotten vaccinated. They're super excited about their vaccines. They're posting it all over social media with their little I'm vaccinated stickers. And they're still, you know, having to wear their masks. There's still all these restrictions. You know, they're still not free. And I just don't know what they're thinking. Like, if you keep following the rules, they'll set you free when clearly that's not happening. Yeah, no, it's just 100%. It's just so bizarre. That's exactly how San Francisco is. I remember last time I was there, I was walking around like at the park. The only, literally, the only person at, at Golden Gate Park without a mask, people were running around me like I was some kind of disease leper. It's like, I'm just not going to play these games and walk around masked. And it's the same thing. Like, everyone there I know is like vaccinated. I mean, some of my friends aren't, but almost everyone is. And if, you, and if you're not, you can't go in any businesses now. And it's like these people have been hiding and scared for a year. I've, I've lived completely normal the last year and a half, haven't been sick been around lots of people with COVID. I mean, maybe I'll get it at some point, but I think I have a good immune system and I'm not, I never was worried about it. I looked at the stats early on and I'm like, okay, I might get sick, but I'm not likely to die because I'm healthy. And if I do die, well, I mean, I'm going to die at some point in life. It's like, what's the point of uh, living if you're like scared all the time? I just couldn't imagine these people that have been hiding in their house for 18 months. It's like, you're not living. You just like given up almost two years. So it's like, we don't live where you live, maybe 70 years. You just gave up two of your best years hiding out. I would prefer uh for taking the odds and living. Yeah, me too. I mean, what's the point of living if you're miserable? Are you in Vegas? Is that where you live now? Currently in Las Vegas. Yeah, I don't know if it'd be long term. I just had to get out of San Francisco, and I was living between New York and um, San Francisco, and those became two of the worst places to live. Unfortunately, New York's a little better off than San Francisco. I think I think it's starting to be vibrant again, and some of the homeless. It was really bad for a minute, but starting to clear up a little bit. But uh, San Francisco, I don't see San Francisco coming back. So Vegas made sense because the fight scene so big here. I had a lot of friends. It was mostly open. I'm not sure if I'll be here long term. I mean, everyone's looking at places like Austin now. And uh, I, mean, I got a bunch of friends that's moved out there. That's a possibility. But um, hopefully Gavin Newsom will, lo- will uh, lose the recall election. And I still think California is too, too far gone. It'll take more than just a uh, governor coming in. But it could at least start it in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So what are things like in Vegas? Things are totally open or what? Like, yeah, everything in Vegas is 100% open. The governor is an idiot and he re-added a mask mandate, but it's not really being enforced. I, I go everywhere without it. And I think the past like two months, I think maybe twice people asked me to put it on and people don't seem to care. For the most part, people are friendlier and like seem seem happy I'm wearing it. But if I did that in San Francisco, I'd constantly be yelled at if you walk in stores without masks. But here, you know, I walk through the casinos, walk in the clubs, walk anywhere I go, you know, all the stores and people seem to have no problem with it. I think, I think they're completely over it here. Most people tend to wear them, I think, because they just don't want to get told not to, but no one seems to care when I don't wear one indoors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I'm going to have to start hanging on Vegas more, although things are totally fine where I am, but like, yeah, how's sort of... how Mexico? In different parts of Mexico, obviously, but where you're at, it's pretty, you know, that's awesome. it's like, it's like COVID doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. It doesn't, like it, it doesn't exist a lot of places. It's like I wouldn't know what happened if it wasn't the media. I had a few friends got sick this year, but they all survived. Yeah, like the only people who wear masks here are like the rich tourists. <laughs> it's like nobody else. Everyone else has been just operating as normal, and it's been fine. Like, and I came here, and I was just like, man, I wish that like my friends in Vancouver could see that you could just still be living your life. Like, you could just mm-hmm. choose to continue living your life and it would be okay. And like, and I was so relieved because I had been, you know, when COVID happened, I was living alone and I was just like, I I felt like I was being tortured. And I know that, you know, people watching might be like, well, you're not literally being tortured, but to not have like physical, I mean, it wasn't as though I was, you know, being super, like I still was seeing my friends, but it's not, yeah. When you can't like 
touch people and hug people and meet people and, you know, go out to the bar and spit in each other's faces. <laughs> like, and you know, you couldn't, you can't even go like exercise. And it just, I was just, I was, I had, I've never in my life had so much anxiety and been so depressed. I don't really have mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Like I've never really dealt with anything like that. I mean, obviously like something bad happens, you break up with somebody, you feel sad. Like you might yeah. feel anxious as something stressful is happening, but over like a long period of time. And I was like, I'm not going to live like this. Like I got to get out of here. So I came here and it was just, I was so relieved. Like I just felt like high for like a month because I was just, you know, everybody was hugging and we're all sharing food mm-hmm. and drinks and partying and singing and dancing and, you know, like out at the bar. And it's like, you know, you do like, you have to, you got to live. Like it's, it's not a life to hide alone in your apartment. No, it's not living. And I don't think there's really even much more COVID in places where people are living like that versus where they're hiding out. But yeah, I'm not the same way as you though. I have like, I have lots of energy. I have a hard time sitting still. I usually work out several times a day. I'm very social. So this hit, I'm just, I wasn't, I don't, I mean, I'm never depressed or anything, but I'm sitting there like, what am I going to do? It's the first time in my life I started drinking at home by myself at night. And I'm like, this is, this is not good if I'm drinking at home by myself. I mean, I was driving across the country trying to call my friends to convince them to train jujitsu with me. You know, after a month or so, people started coming back out. But overall, San Francisco never came back. There was like no underground. I thought San Francisco was a city of rebellion. No one was throwing underground parties, none of that. You know, I could fly to Miami and have packed clubs and like other places. And you just realize that part of the world's living and part of it's not. And it was uh, it's strange how you have these people hiding, wearing their masks, not leaving their houses. And you go to somewhere like Miami, you got packed clubs, everyone hugging, feeling great. And yeah, and I went a few months ago, like you said, too, I went to um, to Costa Rica, which is probably pretty similar where you're at. And it was just great. So many people, I mean, a ton of Canadians there, Europeans, Americans, and they were all basically there to get away from the COVID lockdowns. And it was people that, that realized that it's all just a bunch of bullshit. Not not the COVID's not real, but it's it's a virus that's not very deadly, especially people, you know, our age, it's healthy. The death rate is, I don't know what it is, but it's it's so low. It's really, really low if, you know, if you're under like 65 and healthy. And even for, you know, older, healthy people, it's not that bad. So people, you know, you can go to these places and people are hugging again, laughing, being normal versus you go to San Francisco and it's just depression and fear. And, and they start bubbling hatred too, hatred towards people that aren't vaccinated, hatred if you're not wearing, wearing a mask, you know, and old ladies screaming at me, put your mask on. It's like, yeah, I'm outdoor. I'm good. So it's just uh, these places start becoming hateful, maybe because people are just so sad that they're locked in and they want other people to, to fill the sadness they're feeling maybe yeah i think that's part of it i mean it's it it was strange to me i I think it's like people get really trapped in their bubbles and like i said before i was like you know like my friends in vancouver maybe like your friends in san francisco it's like if you could see that everybody's not doing this i think they assume that everyone's doing it and it's like no there's so many people around the world who are just operating as normal and not playing along with this and it really Mm -hmm. is your choice to play along but you all decided to and yeah you're all miserable so you do kind of project your anger at people who who don't play along or don't want to participate and you're probably really anxious and really depressed because you've been living under all these crazy restrictions for a year and a half but you know at the same time I can't help but be frustrated with those people because it's only because they're going along with it that this is happening. I mean, people have forgotten. It's like you don't work for the government. The government works for you. Like they're supposed to be acting on your behalf. And instead, they're taking away your rights. They're doing these things that are illegal. And you're just you're going along with it, thinking like, oh, they're they're still doing what's best for me. Or maybe if I just keep going along, they'll finally start, you know, acting in my best interest. And it's not happening. And instead, it's getting worse and worse and worse. And beyond that, they're being so hateful and attacking. Yeah, like those of us who don't want to participate and see that this is wrong and that this is like a dangerous path to go down. Yeah, no, it's uh it's definitely concerning. And the really concerning one for me is the, the mandatory vaccines. Cause I think it goes beyond just a COVID vaccine. Once they get that established, you know, right now they don't have a tracking system, but I'm sure they're working on a system to track your vaccines, make sure you're vaccinated. And why is it going to end on COVID? I saw, I think it was yesterday on the news is that Moderna was working on a combination of a flu shot, um, COVID shot. And there was a third one. So why not make you take all three vaccines? And then from there, they could add something else. It gets a, uh, it gets scary. It's kind of like um, it could lead to like it could slowly lead to like the China um, social credit score they're doing. Right, China 
sometimes putting in a social credit credit score to track people, like you know, see what a good citizen there are. If they have if they have some kind of mandatory vaccine system, they can slowly start adding other things to it. And I think it's just a, a scary situation it sets up. Well, yeah, and it's obviously like so profit driven, and it's frustrating to me that you know, like it's interesting that because there, there's parallels between. Um, the people who are like pro lockdown and in support of vaccine mandates and also the kinds of people, for example, that think that it's possible to change sex and will support this idea that a man can become a woman through declaration and he should have the right to go beat up a woman in the MMA ring because, you know, he's a literal woman. And it's like, what is I've been trying to figure out for so long. I'm like, what is it? that all these these people have some sort of like fetish for like not telling the truth or something or like not seeing what's really going on. Yeah, it's like I feel like they're just being being given talking points. Like sometimes you talk to these people and you realize you're not talking to a person, you're just talking they're just repeating the propaganda that they read. They don't actually understand anything depth on it. They don't actually look at any studies. They don't go and look at actually data from countries. They just repeat what they see on CNN or TMZ or wherever they get the news. So if you start to actually question them, they, they fall apart. They haven't looked at, you know, to about vaccines. They don't go and look at like places like Israel. They're completely failing with the highest vac- vaccination rate in the world and the highest COVID cases last week. So you look at that and like, how does that make sense? You know, Maybe it's helping some with the deaths and hospitalizations. I'm not sure, but it's clearly not helping with uh, with stop people from catching COVID. And then they tried changing it. When it first came down, they said, oh, the vaccine will stop you from getting COVID. And then a couple of weeks later, once it came clear it wasn't working, they started telling you, oh, well, the vaccine will stop you from going to the hospital. It's like, well, you, that wasn't what you were saying before. They're like, yeah, we were always saying that. It's kind of like how um, like animal farm and stuff, how they just change what they were saying before and act like they never said that. It's just so yeah. bizarre. And now, now you're mean, seeing going to the hospital that are vaccinated. So now they're like, oh, it'll stop you from death. And I don't know, you know, I'm not sure. It's hard. U.S. is very secretive with their COVID data. So I, I always look at like Israel and U.K. and stuff because they're a little more um, upfront with it. You can't really get good COVID data from the U.S. I'm, I, I have a feeling they're deliberately hiding it. I mean, it is. It's literally what. Orwell was warning about right in like 1984, for example, and it's like, no, 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 we were always at war with <laughs> East right. Asia. Or whatever. Like, no, I feel like you're doing that. Like, they just oh, okay. what they said. People, yeah, with the vaccine because they're saying the vaccine will stop you from getting COVID, and now people argue it's like, no, the vaccine was never meant to stop you from getting COVID. Like, what are you talking about? That is what it was meant to be. That's is what vaccines are for. You're supposed to stop you from getting the disease you're vaccinated for. Yeah, I know. And I mean, and then there's the whole, I mean, the the, the issue about it it being profit driven is so obvious because all those companies are making so much off of the vaccine and it's practically illegal for anybody to talk about treatment or prevention, right? You know, we're not allowed to say the word ivermectin or we're like crazy conspiracy theories. yeah they start calling they start i mean i don't know too much about ivermectin i have a strong opinion on it but i know when they started calling it a horse dewormer that's like strange you're calling a drug that's been given to uh, i looked it up what it was four billion people i think worldwide won a nobel prize this is like a pretty much a miracle drug and then every media outlet starts calling it a worm uh horse dewormer at the same time and then obviously all the all the parrots on social media to start repeating the same thing. It's like, did you guys even go and look up what this drug drug is? I have no strong opinions on if it works on COVID, but at least like look up what you're talking about. Don't make a fool of yourself. Yeah. I mean, that drove me crazy. I mean, like you, I, I don't, I don't know if it's effective to COVID. I mean, they've been using it to treat COVID patients here in Mexico since mm-hmm. December um, but I don't like, you know, there is some research that shows that it may be effective, but, you know, there's probably not enough research and I don't know. But I do know that it's a safe drug and that they've been using yeah. it to treat humans since like the 80s. And all of these people who are and these are the people who act so self-righteous and higher than that, who are mm-hmm. acting like Joe Rogan is this big idiot. And like, what a stupid idiot for taking ivermectin, which is this dangerous horse drug. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. like, no, you're the one who has no idea what you're talking about. Like, I've actually I went and looked up the studies because I wanted mm-hmm. to know and I still don't know, you know, like I'm not an expert, but I do know that it's used to treat humans and then it's a safe drug. And then it's a really good drug. Like, and like you said, like a guy won a Nobel prize for mm-hmm. discovering that you could treat humans with it and got rid of river blindness or whatever it is. And like, and they're just repeating and repeating and repeating and the media is repeating and repeating. And I was like, this is, this is crazy because you guys don't even care about the facts. You just care about, I don't know, 
seeming on the right end of the political spectrum. And for regular people, fine, you can ingest and like regurgitate your propaganda. But for the media to be doing this, it's like, no wonder there's conspiracy theorists all over the place because they know that they can't trust the media because you do shit like this. Yeah, it's like you got to wonder how much uh, how much money is the media getting from the drug companies. And also, um, look how many heads of intelligence agencies now directly work for CNN and MSNBC. It used to be Project Mockingbird. It was they would secretly put people in. But now they actually have Clapper and, and Comey and all these guys come on and they shape the media for, uh, for them. Another um, good one I've been arguing with people, they'll be like, you know, I say, hey, there's a lot of money in the vaccines. And they'll be like, what do you mean, idiot? The vaccine's free. Like, these are the people you're arguing for. They think the vaccine's free. Like, the, like we're not paying the drug companies massive monies out of our tax tax dollars. It's like, it's almost like you can't even argue with these people. It's like, it's, and then you're like, yeah, of, Pfizer's just motivated out of, like, goodwill, the good of their hearts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fi- Pfizer really, uh, Pfizer really cares about us. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, again, it's, I find it, I find it very, like, amusing and I guess revealing that it's like all of a sudden the left I mean these I don't think these words mean anything like I don't think left and right means anything anymore yeah, I think those, I did, those terms are kind of flipped upside down because my views haven't really uh I've always been thought I was kind of on the left but now I'm kind of on the right but my views have only minorly changed but it's like they've, they've the left the far left have just gone so crazy but there's no way I can identify with them no and I mean they're essentially like on the side of corporations like it's like well you're you're just you're just saying you're acting as though big pharma is on your side and these are the people who are like helping us all out and we know that's not true i'm not saying that there aren't like there's lots of really important like life-changing world-changing drugs out there i'm not saying like everything produced by big pharma is a bad thing but it's like just to kind of blindly go along with it and blindly trust the media narrative attached to these things for the left to do that when they're supposed to be the ones who are questioning of and critical of corporations and corporate power and things like that is just so it's so hypocritical it just it goes to show the left no 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 longer really like stands for anything as far as i'm concerned yeah they support the big drug companies the big tech censorship um they're huge fans of the cia and fbi now because they were huge fans of them going after trump um they they were mad when trump pulled out of the war in syria it's like they've just completely switched on so many issues it's like those are issues i've always always been in they've completely switched i mean i don't know if you know the uh, journalist uh, glenn greenwald but he does amazing Mm -hmm. work on uh he, he's never changed his views. You know, I followed him all through the Iraq war. I've always loved this guy, but at least he's one of the guys who's actively following just how, uh, how crazy these guys have been have pra- praising the FBI and CIA. The exact opposite of what it's, what it's always been. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a great journalist. I really love his work a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been an hour, so I should let you go. I'm really glad that we covered all that. We yeah. managed to. <laughs> this is like a lot of stuff. Yeah. It was a great talk. It went pretty easy. So, um, yeah, I Let just want to ask you. Repost like, it so I can repost it. And... Yeah, for sure. I just want to ask you, like, where? Like, I'll ask you one more question, sorry, and then I'll let you go. I promise. Okay. Um, I do you like? Where do you see all this going within the MMA? Do you like? Do you think the MMA is actually going to cave and allow men to start, you know, fighting women if they identify as trans? Is this going to be like an ongoing thing? It won't cave fast. It'll be tough in MMA. I mean, it, it did happen in Florida, so that the commission commissions have to approve it, but also the shows have to sign the fighter. So I don't see the UFC doing it. Dana White, I mean, he's not he's not the best guy. He's kind of a prick, but he's not woke at all. That's one good thing about him. He said he won't make his fighters get vaccines. He won't, you know, he won't encourage them to do any of the Black Lives Matter. So tell you, he's like, if you want to do it, do it, but I'm not going to like do anything for the show. We're clearly not a racist show. Look, look at our fighters. <laughs> if guys can do what they want, so he's been great about being anti woke, you know. So I don't, I'm not sure if he's ever commentated on the uh, on the trans fighters or not. But I have a feeling his opinions would be pretty in line with ours. I don't see him signing it. I don't, I don't see Bellator doing it. I don't see any of the big shows uh, shows caving on this. And I think the fighters would be so anti against it, and the fans that it would be tough. I can see a few of these smaller shows doing it because maybe it'll bring them attention, hopefully negative attention. I just, uh, I don't know what coach would, uh, would corner her. I'm going to look that up because it's like, uh, I mean, these coaches need a little shaming too. I don't think any coach should have any part of it. And I also don't think any coach should let their fighter fight it. There's no way I would let a girl I was training fight someone that's a man. Like, I think that's uh, irresponsible of a coach. So these guys maybe need a little pushback as well. Like, hey, if you're coaching, uh, 
I mean, us guys in the community that have some sway like me, and he's telling these guys like, hey, why would you let your girl fight someone that's a man? I mean, I certainly wouldn't. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I don't, see, I don't see it gaining too much traction in MMA, but who knows, you know, maybe if things have been changing so crazy so fast, I don't even want to make predictions now. <laughs> so I wouldn't be expecting we'd be sitting there in a two-year lockdown, uh, about to be forced to take vaccines if we fly. <laughs> yeah, right. Eh? Well, I hope that you're right, and I hope that MMA doesn't cave. Um, and uh, again, I really, I'm really stoked to have discovered you, and thank you for speaking out. I'm really excited to like keep following you on on social media, and I hope that we get a chance to talk again someday. Cool. Yeah, and I was I wasn't gonna give your Joe Rogan thing a listen, but I didn't have time for the podcast, so maybe it's better that way. Didn't get to hear your views, so. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I you'll probably agree with me. <laughs> yeah, if I come down to Mexico, I've been actually wanting to go where you're at. I have some other friends down there. If I cruise down there, I'll uh, let you know. Yeah, you absolutely should come. It's really fun here. And also there's a really good gym down here. So I do, um, uh, I'm working with a boxing trainer. He runs a Muay Thai gym here called Quilombo. Um, and do you know the Fighting Ferals? Do you know those guys? I'm not sure. Um, they have a big following. Anyway, they're, they're Muay Thai guys. They had a gym in um, Thailand for a long time that they had to give up basically because of the COVID restrictions. So they've been working down here and I think they're going to go start a gym in Tulum. But anyway, there's a gym, there's a Muay Thai gym that's really good here. My trainer is very good. I'm not very good. I don't want to pretend yeah, yeah. that I am. Are I, you actually training I'm now? Like, I do, I do boxing, not Muay Thai. Um, okay. But yeah, I've been, I've been working with a boxing trainer down here since January. I was working with some trainers in Vancouver for like I don't know, maybe like six months or a year before that, but it was really hard with the lockdowns and honest, and it was so much more expensive in Vancouver. It's so much more affordable here. And my trainer is like so much better than any of those guys in Vancouver ever were. So I've been mostly. Mexico's got a lot of good boxers. Yeah. I think Puerto Vallarta has some jiu-jitsu schools. Maybe I can go down there and do a seminar, then cruise down to where you're at. Yeah, you should. Jiu-jitsu is a little behind in Mexico, but the boxing is super, super good. Yeah. So, and also I'm glad you brought that up because so my trainer, Chris, so he owns Quilombo, the, the Muay Thai gym here. So he does jujitsu also, and um, he's putting on tournaments. So they just did like the white belt tournament and then they'll go up through the belts. Um, oh, cool. But those things are cool too. But yeah, you should, yeah, totally. You should come down here and visit and let me know if you do. Yep. So hey, great talking and I uh, hope we'll stay in touch. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Take care. Good one. Bye. I'm Megan Murphy, host of The Same Drugs. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider becoming a patron on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Megan Murphy. I rely solely on donors and individual supporters to continue to do the work I do. You can donate as little as $5 a month or more. It all counts. Thank you so much for supporting Conversations Outside the Algorithm.